Welcome to episode 269 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and I am so thrilled Brittany Smith is back on the show. How are you doing, Brittany? Great to see you. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I think last time we had John is when we were sitting lakeside and uh, doing a nice live live recorded episode of the show uh, during Mac yes. stock. But, uh, <laughs> that was it. And we, and we saw each other for the first time. It was so great. I know. It was. In person, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time and so- the last time. <laughs> no. Never, never, never. But uh, great to be. I'm uh, so glad you're here. Uh, also here is uh, Jeff Gamut. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. And uh, it's great to get to hang out with all of you. Absolutely, absolutely. All kinds of fun things to talk about this week. And last but certainly not least, Ben Rathick is here. You did a little different location, but how are you doing, Ben? Yes, I, I have decided to uh, move move out of my basement office into my uh, into my living slash dining room just to change things up a little bit this week. Well, there's nothing wrong with that because we always have to have a little bit of change up here to make make things exciting, right? Um. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of fair amount of news this week, uh, including they finally gave us an official announcement of when the, the announcement's going to be, uh, and they'll get that, that in a minute, uh, all kinds of different news. And, uh, we're going to have a, a pretty cool conversation because Jeff uh, is going to tell us a little bit about text expander because wait, what? Because. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a, a nice little discussion. So we'll talk about that a little later in the show, but, um. As we always do, uh, let's go jump right into the news for this week. And like I just mentioned, Apple's September event for the iPhone 15th uh, is now official. Uh, it's going to be uh, on September 12th, September 12th, September 12th uh, of this of this year, uh, and uh, it'll be at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. And you will be able to watch it uh, through the Apple Events pages on YouTube, on Apple TV, and um, you might even hear me on a reaction time episode with uh, Mike Potter on for Mac guys only. Yeah, there's just all kinds of crazy, crazy things we're going to be, uh, uh, we're going to be uh, doing here. So they're calling it wonder lust, <laughs> which I found to be an interesting name. I, I, I wondered, uh, what, uh, where that name came from. Do you, do you have an idea, Jeff? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> It almost seems like it would have made more sense last year when they were introducing the Apple Watch Ultra because it was like going out and doing all the things and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For they, it to be a, I'm sorry, Brittany, you were talking. Oh, they better have a, a some kind of traveling angle or I'm going to be super disappointed. I would hope Br- so. Brittany, that's kind of where it was going. Uh, but I'm concerned that the travel angle might be you can sit on your couch and wear uh, uh, your your Vision OS face mask and visit anywhere in the world or these other amazing locations on made-up planets as well. <laughs> and I mean, okay. if that's what it is. If oh, it's the no. planets, I'm, I'm good. So. Well, it depends on which planets. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's let's go to, uh, to other things that's going to happen on this, during this event. Uh, it's going to be pretty obvious the iPhone 15 is going to get announced. Uh, 
with uh, there lot, lots of rumors, uh, including the the 15 the Pro, Pro Max, and, and that seems like most of them are going to be. But the big thing is going to be is Dynamic Island is going to be across all 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 iPhones. They're saying, as well as the USB C port. Is it finally coming to the iPhone? Ben's going to talk a little bit more about that uh, a little later in the show, but uh, mm-hmm. that that definitely is going to be a, a huge change. I know we're gonna, you're going you know we're going to be talking a lot more about that because uh, that's a big change from the Lightning port. So um, we'll see some feature updates, but uh, again, it's all rumor, so we're not really going to get too too deep into it. Uh, they've been talking about three nano t- nanometer chips that are going to be coming out. The rumors is that those have been coming out. The A17 chip, which with the A16 is the current one right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, cameras probably going to get upgrades and all that fun stuff. So uh, they're also going to probably see an Apple Watch. I almost guarantee that uh, I might upgrade this year because because uh, I'm still on this. I'm still sporting the seven, so I can't. Have, I can't have two years behind on a model for me. That's I, I, I let it go this year. Um, so uh, also rumors of the fact that uh, uh, Apple's going to come up with the AirPods Pro two uh, case with USB C, which is a possibility. Uh, we, we will, I guess we'll find out if it's going to be a extra accessory for those of us who already have AirPods, or is or is it going to be both, but an updated version. We'll, we'll find out about that stuff. Uh, ben, you have any other thoughts about the about the event? And uh, I'm, I'm um, excited. I'm always excited yeah, about it. Apple events. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a holiday for me. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I'm super excited. Um, I'm still on my troll my 12 Pro Max, so yeah. I'm more than due. And what gets me super excited? Well. My, my be my beloved blue is supposed to come back to the pro uh, phone lineup. And I did have the blue. I, I did like that. So uh, that's going to be uh, something to, to look at for colors too. You know, Apple's going to sport some mm-hmm. newer colors, which they always do. Um, Jeff, what do you think? I, I, you're on the, you're sporting the 13, if I remember correctly, or the 13 or 14. I never moved beyond my 12 pro. Oh, you're still on the 12 with Ben. Okay. Good. Yep. But I did go to the Apple watch series eight. So that's uh, right. at least I'm up to date there this week. Um, my, my expectation is that, uh, is that Apple is going to do exactly what I said they wouldn't do, which is they are going to support USB-C on, on the iPhone. <clears throat> yeah. I, I really have been feeling like what Apple was going to do was skip USB-C completely and move to a wireless charging only system for the iPhone with a proprietary data port. And um, and then the, the whole USB-C for charging is no big deal because then th- that's built into the cable that connects to the charger that goes into the wall. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, what's really going to happen now is that we will get USB-C on the new iPhones, but people are going to be pissed off. I think Apple is going to intentionally hobble the functionality of USB-C on the non-pro phones and for mm-hmm. the pro phones to be able to take full advantage of what the ports are capable of. That's going to be a, an additional purchase um, where it, it's a, it's a higher end USB-C cable. Absolutely. Now, Brit, Brittany, you're going to be kind of sad because there still is no mini. And I, yes, I'm I will continue can... to be sad 
especially because yeah. I want a three nanometer chip. I new chips get me excited, but a computer that doesn't fit in my hand is not a very helpful handheld computer. So I am so I with will, you on that. I will trudge along with my five nanometer chip. You have the thirteen watch from last year, though, so I also don't you need have the, the watch. Probably you have the thirteen mini, right? Thirteen mini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, and okay, I'm looking so, at yeah. a twelve mini because I keep my phones forever. <laughs> yeah. well, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. So it's gonna definitely gonna be interesting. We're gonna definitely be covering it uh, over the next few weeks, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. Um, Next story here, um, China has overto- overtakes <laughs> the U.S. to become the biggest iPhone market in Q- the quarter two of 2023. Uh, it, it's, uh, it is now the biggest iPhone market in the world, overtaking the United States for the first time in its history, uh, based on data analyzed by global market research firm Tech Insights. Again, you know, we're talk- looking at, uh, looking at a, a global research company, so you, you kind of take it maybe with a grain of salt here. But the, I can I can understand this. The the, the sluggish U.S. Uh, smartphone market it, it, in the second quarter had been slow because of the because customers have been kind of delaying the purchase of new phones in anticipation of a new iPhone and 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 then it, it just just seems that it, it is slow. But the iPhone 14 Pro Max was the best selling model, so I just find this to be interesting. How could China all of a sudden take over when China was such a struggle to get the iPhone in their market to begin with. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? I think it's a matter of uh, uh, they needed to open the proverbial floodgates. Yep. And once once they got through all of the behind the scenes political wrangling that that uh, Apple had to do, then uh, uh, it opened that door. And uh, it, it it was going to happen eventually. So the the news here isn't that it happened. It's that it, it happened when it did. Yep, absolutely. What do you think, Brady? I, yeah, it was inevitable, like many things, but um, I'm not very happy about it because I feel like it'll have Apple by the stranglehold a little bit more in terms of some of their choices that they make. Um, it will be harder to make a financial choice that is like, against what China wants. And that's that, that worries me a bit, but there's not much I can do about it. So I can just hope people will make good choices. That's, this is true. That, and uh, stick with an iPhone. How about you, Ben? Uh, like, like they said, this was inevitable. Um, in addition to uh, cultural and political reasons, uh, with all the manufacturing and increasing quality of Chinese media products, it has uh, significantly increased the buying power of Chinese workers to the point where um, they have, you know, I'm not saying all Chinese, but especially in these factory towns, have a very uh, Western-like way of life. Economically, of course. Right, of course. So it's interesting. We'll see where it goes in the next quarter. Um, You know, these aren't official numbers. This isn't coming from Apple. So, you know, he's got to take it with a grain of salt here. So Um, 
Next story here. Apple is plan. Apple plans to stop providing customer support on Twitter and YouTube. What? Apple is planning to eliminate social media support advisor roles across both those platforms, Twitter, X, YouTube, and the Apple support community website starting later this year, according to multiple sources that are familiar with the matter. Uh, when the changes take effect, the customers will no longer be able to receive support from an Apple employee on these platforms. Uh, this will be starting on October 1st. The, the Apple support account on Twitter will no longer have any human replies to customers sending direct messages. Um, in addition, sources say Apple will no longer provide technical assistance to customers in the comments section of all the YouTube videos, those awesome YouTube videos that they, bought, they post all the time. So uh, it is affecting about hundreds of employees from Apple, and they are going to be given the opportunity to transition to a phone-based support role to the company. But some advisors are unable or unwilling to make the switch because they probably like to prefer to chat versus being on a phone and speaking over uh, to, with a, to do support. So... So they'll get extra training and all that stuff, but they've been doing this since 2016 on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's really just definitely interesting to see where, why wondering why Apple's doing this. So what do you think on this, Brady? I mean, Twitter used to be Twitter and it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. So I guess I can see that, although it is still like, a place people go to get, I mean, I've gotten support from a company um, in the last year on Twitter, um, but not, not super recently, but in the last year. So I, I can, I can kind of get that, but um, it's, it's a little bit too bad. It's nice to be able to reach out and get, get support from multiple places. And for some products, the phone support is higher quality than others. Yeah. Um, so there, there is that. You know, I I follow their feed on Twitter. You know, I on, on Twitter X. I guess we got to. I, I'm never going to call it X. Uh, that uh, you know, any time a support, any time a post would 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 uh, flag, I would I would get a notification. So they they were pretty good at responding to mm -hmm. all requests on there so it's kind of sad to see it see that kind of go uh, what are your thoughts on this ben um well uh i i think the the other two sites are directly related to twitter on the x whatever it's called this week um <laughs> We're i changing. think it is a single labor pool with yeah. the majority of the work going to twitter x whatever um once now that that has become uh, more difficult with uh, uh, X-Corp's questionable tactics, tactics and trying to monetize, I think it just got to the point where it's not worth it for Apple. Yeah, right. Makes sense. How about you, Jeff? Here's what's really going on. <laughs> hypothesis time <laughs> not even hypothesis this is just what's going on okay. it's it's not uh practical for apple to continue offering support through uh the the elon platform i'm calling it that because i'm I'm not into dead naming and, uh, and even doing it in this case, I feel like I, I would be going against my principles. So, so the, the Elon platform, um, 
the uh, the cost for companies to be able to have an account that allows them to do the whole DM support thing is uh, it, it's it's not a practical thing. And then what you need to to have as an end user to be able to participate in that, the number of people that can actually participate in a uh, a a support call or support request through that platform is strikingly small. So, so, so calling out Apple for abandoning the place where it's been very easy to get customer support. Sure. Go ahead and do it. But at the same time, keep in mind that all of these other companies that you have gone to, to the Elon platform for, to uh, to get customer support, they're not going to be doing it either. There's no value in that for any of these companies. And then, as far as pulling it for support from YouTube, um, my guess is that when Apple ran all the numbers through their spreadsheets, they weren't seeing what they needed to to justify the cost of maintaining that. So give the people the option to to be part of the support team through other areas. Good. Mm-hmm. And uh and get away from the, those platforms. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean if it, if it was cost cutting and not the platform, they'd be laying them off instead of offering other positions. That's true. So yeah, it isn't cost cutting. I, I definitely think it's just a they just want to pivot away from it, make it different. It, and, you know, I think it goes beyond they want to. They they really have to because it, it's not a viable support platform anymore. Yeah, agreed. Especially Twitter. Uh, next story, a Google Photos on iOS is going to get a locked folder for sensitivity snaps. Google uh, Photos uh, users on the iPhone will now be able to lock their most sensitive images and videos in a special passcode protected folder thanks to a new feature that's rolling out in the iOS app. Previously, it was only available on Android phones. The, this this privacy-oriented locked folder feature will allow users to save photos and videos in, an, in the app uh, with a separate space that requires a touch ID, face ID, or a passcode to, to access it. The media saved in the folder remains hidden, Meanwhile, meaning the sensitive photos don't show up as users scroll through their Google Photos or any other apps on the device. Uh, this is uh, something good to see. Uh, and uh, even Google is saying that the locked folder content backed up to the cloud is done securely. So they protect the data with multiple layers, you know, the whole thing that Google always says. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Google does have a pretty decent service when it comes to photo photos backup. Um, is there anything you use, Jeff? Nope. Yeah. Nope. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm glad they're doing this because uh, if you have family members friends children that uh, that for whatever reason might be seeing images in your camera roll we're all grown ups here and there's a possibility that we may have some photos and videos that aren't child appropriate or <laughs> friend appropriate or whatever yeah. so being able to to hide away that content is good that can also be things like legal documents your your driver a photo of your driver's license stuff like that stuff that other people don't need to be looking at um so 
I'm glad they're doing this. And uh, and I look at this and I think, oh, this is great. Now only me and Google get to see all of my private stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we, we trust Google, especially the fact that uh, three years ago, they were forced to contact about 100,000 users to, to inform that some of their private videos backed up on the servers were accidentally sent to strangers due to a technical issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I actually have a funny story about that. Um, So I don't know if this locked thing was available on the web, but I I know a couple who had a Google photo album at their, like the little picture frames, Google smart devices, whatever they're called. And um, they realized that the only way to have pictures flash up that they were okay with everyone in their household and visitors to see was to say, no, only ones that recognize our child's face are allowed to go on the picture frame because um, otherwise some of the photos they would prefer their offspring to not view were popping up. (laughs) So um, that was their solution. I don't know if this was available on the web or if they just didn't go through or how they got backed up because they're all on iPhones. But, um, but that's their backup solution is, is Google. And yeah, that was happening on their frame at home in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> mommy, what's that? What is that? Oh. That's oh. dessert. Oh my God. Ben, take us out of this. Add any of your thoughts to this. Um, it's about time. Apple, I mean, they have this feature on Android. Apple has their hidden folder. I mean, not every photo you take needs to be available to everybody. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Just a follow-up to a story we talked about a couple weeks ago. Apple has officially discontinued the iTunes movie trailers app. Uh, It was announced today as we record this uh, that uh, the the iPhone movie trailers app for the iPhone with a notice that the Apple TV app is the new home for movies and TV show trailers is no longer possible to use. Uh, you're no longer possible to use that app, which was launched back in 2011. Apple TV app is the new home for this. And uh, in the release notes, it, it says that open Apple TV app to watch trailers. So basically delete the app. You don't need it anymore. Um, and it, it started beginning a transition last earlier uh, uh, in the month of, uh, uh, as of today. So, uh, so uh, RIP and needed to go away. I think, uh, smart that, uh, Apple, di- uh, Apple did this and, and uh, it's good to be in the Apple TV app. What do you think, Jeff? I'm sad to see it go because it's an app that I loved using for a really long time, but at I the same time, it. wait, it was still around. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember it until we talked about it a couple weeks ago. So yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, but, it, but it's great to, great to see that, that they're, they're keeping it alive, but in within the Apple TV app. Any thoughts on that, Britt? I didn't know it was a thing until it was on the news as something shutting down. So it's, it's not only do I not have nostalgic memories, I have no memories of it whatsoever. So <laughs> okay. it's okay. How about you, Ben? I thought this went with front row. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. That was good times. Uh, so that's enough of that. And then lastly, I wanted to close uh, with a kind of a funny story here. This uh, was an iMore. Uh, famous Apple rec- repair company, <clears throat> excuse me, wants to fix McDonald's ice cream machines. 
And who saw yeah, this coming? Cream they just is say, I fix it. <laughs> it's I fix it. Exactly. I fix it. The name, no doubt familiar with them. It's a company that normally turns to its hand out hands to tearing down and fixing Apple hardware. Uh, like the, like the iPhone 14, for example, but now it's turning its hand to something new, something very close to our hearts, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll not Jeff, cause, cause you can't eat dairy, but, uh, yeah, the, the, it, you know, they want to, they want to have a fix of McDonald's machines, which it's thing like when people go to McDonald's of those who eat, uh, there or eat, have a, uh, ice cream cone, their machines are always down and why, why do they want to fix it? I don't understand this. <laughs> I would find it to be a kind of an amusing story here. Uh, give give us your give us your thoughts, Ben. Um, honestly, I know a lot of places whose self serve machines are down. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> they should, maybe should they should think about another vendor because this one maybe. obviously has no reliability. Seems so. Any thoughts on that, Britt? The ice cream is a lie. As in, why would they bother to try all ice cream machines and McDonald's are always down, apparently. I don't actually go to McDonald's, but I know enough to know that the ice cream's always down. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I think there's websites out there that actually have a, a, a system to show if if it's down in your particular location, <laughs> which is so crazy actually people was out there. looking at on the iFixit website recently for something that was not related to Apple at all. Um mm-hmm. My uh, Sphero BB-8 uh, does not hold a charge anymore at all. Oh, no. Yeah, doesn't that and suck? And they That's had horrible. a thing on f- replacing the battery, but it really didn't sound like it was going to go back together at the end. So I didn't brave it. Hey, Brittany, it, it here, here's my little tired BB-8, too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My aforementioned nephews kept wanting to play with it. I was like, we can only do one thing with it, and that's watch Force Awakens. Like, that's literally all we can do with this droid. Because it stays plugged in. Because you have to keep it plugged in and in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. You know, BB-8 can barely last past the sequel trilogy. And Hu Yang's been going for 25,000 years. They don't make them like they used to. Oh, wow. That was a deep cut, Ben. That, that's I mean, I respect it. That's hard. Hey, Dave, All I'm right, thinking let... that, um, <laughs> that if, since no one else has been able to fix McDonald's ice cream machines, why not give iFixit a crack at it? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm give them a universe. crack at it. If they do it, another story. But... <laughs> let's uh let's go on, move go ahead and move on here uh moving on to the topics for this week uh beta as we talk about always uh apple did see the the eighth beta of ios 17 ipad os 17 to developers and the public beta beta is available as well uh and uh go out there and do it i i made the mistake of going and updating my iphone that i use as the camera that you're looking at with me today that's why i looked weird at the beginning of the show because it was updating so uh but uh, it uh, it did go pretty well, so that kind of proves you. To, I, I doing it on the last minute uh, update there. It uh, I, I was able to get it back up and running here. But uh, so a lot of stuff we've already been talking about already, and uh, they've they've moved the the 
the uh, end call button back and the, the buttons are in place and all that. Can stuff. I tell you and, how angry I am about this? <laughs> yes, like, I would like to hear you. I would like to hear your view on this because we talked talked about when it was, was in the wrong so place. I was so livid. When, when iOS 17 first came out, I was texting my business partner who I spend about five hours a week on the phone with, with, Hey, guess what? I won't hang up with on you anymore when I get my phone out of my pocket because they move the button literally from anywhere other than where I swipe up. I don't care where it is. As long as it's not where they put it back to, they put it back there. And I'm so mad. And I immediately, as soon as I realized it, uh, message Apple feedback to tell them it was a terrible choice. And I'm sure you and thousands of others did. People get used to it. We can put the button somewhere else. But then they have all the other buttons that are down nearby there too. You can tap randomly. You don't want to as well. So it's, um, it's, it's bright red and it, it has an icon and, and you can have buttons labeled too. And I just don't understand why we can't have the button somewhere else. Well, this is true. How is uh, how is your experience with iOS seventeen overall? And now the eighth beta. Now I get you get your uh, your opinion on it. Um, I I don't think I've seen any new issues in eight. I it might be more stable in this one, um, but I'm not sure if I've noticed one way or the other this week. Um, I I finally solved a couple of my problems. I don't like the changes to messages. Like I don't like them. Um, I mean, I like the ones that they haven't actually released yet, in theory, that aren't re- in the beta yet. But um, so I made a video about it, and it was only by making the video did I discover how to fix a couple of the things that had been annoying me because they were that unintuitive. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, yeah, it's fine. I mean, the autocorrect changes are fine. They're good. But like, once it stops being broken, you stop noticing it. That's like, true. Tell me when you're foot stops hurting like you don't notice when it stops <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> that's true how about you ben how's has been experience uh, uh with eight and then overall i mean it's, it's been fine um you can tell they are pretty much just uh ratcheting things up so they can get to the rc uh the only real uh differences i saw was in mac OS sonoma where you got a bunch, bunch of awesome uh, wallpapers slash screensavers. Yeah, hundreds. <laughs> yeah, but wow. I mean, I would to be perfectly honest, we'll probably get the RC like the day after Memorial Day or Labor Day. Labor. I can't. Yeah, I, can't I do it too. Tell them apart. Oh, you're right alone. Jeff, did you say your iPad's down? Your battery's not working, or did have you? I can't find my charger for it, so okay, so, I haven't, so you haven't installed any... this most recent beta. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I could dig out another charger from somewhere, but yeah. that still means having to go look for another charger. I'll find it. Oh. I'll I'll get it juiced up again and and get the beta installed and and. Uh, and look at it most likely and be like, meh, it's not that much different from the previous betas. Yeah. 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 And we'll be talking about the charger thing soon. Yeah. Mm. We will. Uh, I'll, but uh, let me get to watch OS 10. That's out. Uh, the, the eighth beta for that. Any Anything notable for that, Ben? I know you have it on your watch. Uh, um, TVOS. Uh, Go ahead. 
yeah, watch OS, TV OS. To be brief, perfectly honest, I have noticed zero interface changes since the initial yeah. beta. No, I agree to that. Um, and then uh, Vision OS, uh, of course, we all have our Vision Pro the beta right going on right now. Uh, that's a third beta out uh, right now, and um, I guess a select number of beta developers have access to this headsets at this time, uh, in which the headsets are used for app testing purposes. I know Apple's been very, very locked down for anybody to sh- show anything on that device except allowing mm-hmm. them to develop their apps. And uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see where, where that goes. You know, even when this announcement coming up in uh, next month, we're not going to hear anything about the Vision Pro. That's a long time down the road here. So, uh, but uh, uh, they do have a lot, a lot of work to do. But uh, another another thing to kind of look forward to to see and hear about. I don't think we'll be buying that anytime soon. But um, I wanted my brother. Panel. I wanted my brother to apply to get the developer uh, kit for it because he is an AR developer. Uh-huh. Um, but he is concerned that. They, that their best work is done with a real screen that sees through and has a an image layover it rather than looking through an image and cameras um, for the type of really technical work that he does. But it would have been fun, even if I couldn't see it, if he had gotten one. Because then he'd know for yeah. sure. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't mean to be ignoring the chat room at uh, youtube.com slash in touch with iOS, but I just noticed that Chuck Joyner's in the chat room. How are you doing, Chuck? Apparently he's, uh, he's watching us tonight as well as web Bixby. Great to see you guys as well. And I, I wanted to, and it, and then the web did talk about, uh, who makes the ice cream machines, but we won't go back into that topic, but, uh, mm-hmm. glad you guys are uh, in the chat here tonight. Uh, appreciate that. Um, and, uh, Let's see, and be, uh, I wrapped up everything with beta here. So uh, let's uh, move on a little bit here. Want to talk? Give a uh, give a little story I, I, that I experienced here with HomePods. I, I bought three HomePod Minis, which actually uh, uh, OWC, uh, Other World Computing, had a pretty amazing price on uh, on on the HomePod Mini. They were selling it for seventy nine dollars, uh, which Whoa, is wow. Really, it was the be- absolute best price ever, and I had been looking at uh, putting some extra ones in our our lake home, uh, as a as a few of you have been to here that, on the panel. Uh, mm-hmm. That um, I uh, wanted to put one on a couple, eat one uh, one on each level. So because we already had uh, already had one, so we're going to add two more. So I went through the process, and I'm like, uh, you know, because I'm kind of keeping it on my account, you know, my 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 HomeKit account. Uh, and I was like, you know what, why am I doing this? Let's, let's go and create another location, but keep, you know, cause you can add a second page, you know, in the home kit app. And, uh, it, it, it does allow you to set that up that way, which, you know, I, you know, I, I need to get better at, uh, at, uh, using home kits and, and getting things more automated. And so we're going to talk about that in just a minute here. Um, so it was a really relatively easy process. I mean, you know, the, uh, this one of the one that was already set up, I had to do a reset of it because I couldn't move. You can't move a HomePod from one uh, uh, one little page to another of uh, separate locations. Um, so, you know, easy as uh, just uh, when, when it boots up, you you hold and touch the, t- the, the screen at the top and it'll 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 turn red and then it tells you that the, the homebot's going to reset in and mm-hmm. a few seconds and it does its thing and then iPhone recognizes it and the setup was just super easy and and I was able to name each one of them in the location I want to put them in and we're going to plug them in and now we can stream music in separate locations or we can put music on all three levels um 
So I think that's going to be a kind of cool thing. I know I'm not, I'm not the only one that's done that, but, uh, I think it's a, it's, it, it was a very pretty streamlined, easy process to do with the, with the home, home pod minis. I'm sure you did that Jeff with your home pods, right? Well, you in your house. Um, yeah, doing the switch to lo- to my new location for me was super transparent because the network yeah. didn't actually change just the location. Right. Uh, but in the past, when I've taken a HomePod to a different location, I didn't have to do a reset uh, because the HomePod knew my iPhone. And when I switched to a different network, the HomePod followed automatically. And but but herein lies part of the problem. The the whole system is just flaky enough mm-hmm. that expecting it to work will only lead to disappointment. So when it yeah. does, it's it's a pleasant surprise. But what what you had to do, that that's pretty typical to just to have to reset the home pod and then set up is super fast and Mm-hmm. Um, which is good because if you have trouble with a home pod, the only troubleshooting you can do is reset it. Which is what I need to go do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then do the fast setup thing again. And, and uh, yeah. 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 Which I did not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, so, Apple, you need a home pod app. Bad. You really do. I, I oh mean, my God, I, I, yes. This home, this home kit is, I even been struggling with it and I just don't have, I haven't had the patience to, I've got a couple things in there for automation, uh, but uh, it just, it just gets so, so frustrating to deal with. I mean, I've got now four <laughs> Apple TVs going on in, in the, my house here now because we put an extra TV down in our, in our, uh, our second level. Because so, uh, we want to be able to watch TV down there now, and just put a small TV down there. But of course, I moved that HomePod, uh, that Apple TV, down. That it was already running a TV OS 17, so my my wife is actually using it. She doesn't even realize she's using beta. I'm having her beta test for me. <laughs> that, that's a pretty so, good test because if it's is, working fine for her, and she doesn't yeah. even know, that, yeah, there you go. That yeah, sounds so, like shaking hands with danger. It, oh. it was, and I. Didn't hadn't even thought about it until like <laughs> just today there was it was because there's a HomePod Mini down there, and I was I had it set up so the uh, the sound on the uh, the Apple TV uh, goes to there because it's sitting right next to it. It's like oh, you're gonna get great sound right next to you there instead of going through the the TV speaker. Um, but then of course lost connection and I said oh wait this needs to be updated. <laughs> Still waiting for beta eight so. Uh, so yeah, I just, just wanted to t- touch, pay, touch on that a little bit and, uh, and, um, and tell everybody my experience with that. Cause, uh, the home pods, uh, were very easy to set up. So, uh, leading into that, I'd like to talk a little bit about, uh, home kit in itself and, and get your guys' experiences, um, uh, on how you've built a actual, you know, smart home around the home kit. I know Jeff, you of anybody has the most been most vocal, especially the home with the home pods themselves because of just the frustration of how they work. But uh, why don't you just talk a little bit about how, how, you know, especially you experience having to get everything reset up on your new network and your new home. So what, um, what was been is your experience with home kit with, uh, with that? I think home kit is a really great thing for hobbyists. Mm-hmm. This is not, 
still, this is not something that I would recommend for someone that's trying to do serious smart home automation. Uh, And well, and to be fair, I wouldn't recommend Google Home or 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 a lady for that either. If you want to do really serious, sophisticated smart home setups, you go with one of the pro systems where you have a pro installer come in and all that, and and it's a totally different game. Those are cool. What what we're doing with HomeKit, this is for fun hobby stuff. And there are people that that will tell you, oh, no, 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 I'm using this in a very serious way. And to that, I say good for you and bless your heart. And I hope it keeps working. Um, that yeah. said, getting everything set up here in my new place, um, w- once I had everything plugged in, and I still don't have everything plugged in, but once I had all this stuff plugged in, then um, it it was actually interesting to see how cumbersome the home app became because I have lights that aren't in the same places that they were in my old place. So they needed to have new names and needed to switch rooms. And, uh, and as I was going through the process of, of moving things from one group to another and getting all of this stuff set up, I've been finding that there's still places where I'm going to have to go digging to figure out what's going on because it, it's just opaque enough that you, you can't figure some of this out or find some of it. Right. Uh, an example is when I um, turn or change my lights for watching TV, all, all the lights in the living room do what they're supposed to. And then one light over my kitchen bar turns off or on. Could be either, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it, and it used to be, there's three lights over the bar. It used to be the middle light. Now it's one of the end lights. Yep. Who knows? Well, yeah, that's who knows. Have you Brit- considered that your place might be haunted? If it's haunted, it's a very new haunt because this, okay. this place is about <laughs> five years old. My old place, and, and I preface this with, I do not believe in an afterlife and I do not believe in ghosts. My old place was haunted <laughs> and I did see the ghost. <laughs> I mean, it could also it could always be uh, built on the whole uh, native native burial ground thing. Well, considering where I am, um, it's very possible that uh, that uh, like Chief Left Hand uh, stood here. Well, three levels lower, but stood here mm-hmm. where, where I am right now. Absolutely. How about you, Brittany? Uh, how, how's the, how's HomeKit been treating you? Have you got the, the thing set up the way you like? Nope. I um, so. When I installed the beta, uh, my which is not on my watch, my watch stopped giving any messages, and my HomeKit stopped or my uh, HomePod stopped responding at all. So uh, my Wi-Fi, which is crap. If it's not on my phone, they're not on the same network, so it can't do anything. And my phone's the only one that will it will listen to. So I don't know what's going on, but I'm not I'm not super thrilled with it right now. <laughs> In theory, when everything works, it's great. I feel like those are very short windows in time, which makes uh, me indeed, very sad are. because it's been around for a minute and I think it's time for yeah. it to work. Mm-hmm. It really is. So, it really is. Dave, and I, I have like- a uh, I'm sorry, Brittany. 
I, I, that's the second time tonight that I've talked over you. I'm sorry about that. I am always talking over people. It's uh, it's it's kind of what I do accidentally all the time. So you're good. Um, I don't remember, but it's fine. Okay. Oh, thanks for giving us uh, some of that. Go ahead, Dutta. I have a question for for you since you've been moving home pods around. Um, have you started experiencing a problem where the wrong home pod answers you? Yes. Oh, holy yes. crap! It's it's gotten <laughs> super bad for me over the last month or so. Yeah. Where to to get the right home pod to to speak to me or to to respond correctly? I actually have to go to that HomePod, lean down, and whisper to that specific HomePod so no other device hears me. Right. Yes. And, and then the iPad, the iPod, or not that, the iPhone across the room picks it up. Yeah. Thank you. Because I was thinking about yeah. getting more for my new house. And now I know that my spouse will leave me if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Ben? How about your been your experience? Uh, I should love it, but it's eternally incomplete. Uh, right now in my laundry room, I had two lights on thread that were working perfectly. Then uh, now one of them apparently wants to only work half the time. I have to go in and manually change it. It's, I mean, we, we've we've all fallen in love with HomeKit, or at least the potential HomeKit. Uh, you know, I couldn't wait for uh, the day that Siri for third-party was devices was announced and never went anywhere. Um, you know, but I remember the day when Apple announced on the slide there would be Beats, uh, basically versions of HomePods that never showed up. I mean, to be perfectly honest, Apple, finish your work, yeah, or just hand it off to some Matter app because what. What we have right now is the ultimate hobby. It's right. It's like we'll do one little thing here, and then maybe another little thing in two years. Yep. Seems to me we're gonna, we're going to need to revisit this topic on another show because there's going to be a lot more to talk about here. Because I would really love to get to the two other topics we have left on for this for this evening. So. And for the show, so uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll do- I'll put this uh, as another another discussion topic for a, a future show here. So um, the next topic I want to talk about is text expander. I never thought about doing this, but I thought this would be an absolutely great discussion with uh, with Jeff since he kind of knows about a little bit about text expander and um, and, and what text expander. Wow, sure. And then you kind of work for them at some point, and you did. Do a few a few things that you're that we were an evangelist of that. Mm-hmm. Things a good word. Um, so you know, I I kind of I kind of started using text expander within the last couple of years and uh, and you know jumped on uh, on the the, the uh, whenever they were having a bundle hunt and 
and uh and the summer fest uh deals and get get all those uh those free credits not free you had to pay a little bit for it but really cheap credits so i go back to, i went back and looked at my account and i still have 34 credits left for so that's gonna be lasting me for another three years uh so nice. uh, so i i so i have been using it for, for for a fair amount of time and i started i started implementing it within my my workflow because I, there's so many things i'm typing all the time when i'm doing you know i'm, I'm making I'm placing orders and such and you know there's there's things i wanted to do automation and I definitely now this this is another topic we probably could do another show on as well. But I, I just want to kind of tell people what Expander is, and then, then let's kind of little talk about a little bit about what what you find it it's most valuable to to that for its use. Well, let, let's start with the basic thing, which is: Do you really need Text Expander? Yes. And the answer for some people actually is no. If, if what you need to do is have a bunch of words that you can just like type an abbreviation and then that word appears, yeah. you don't need text expander because yeah. that's what, uh, what Apple's shortcuts expander thing does. And that's right. great. And, uh, and there you go. You don't have to spend extra money to, to be able to do something. But like so many things that Apple does, they set up a feature where you can, you can do stuff. Um, a keychain is another great example. If you need to do more than the basic thing, expand a word from a from an abbreviation, uh, do more than just autofill some passwords. That's what Apple calls third-party opportunities, and that's where text expander, one password, and and um, uh, backblaze, all these other. Uh, services and apps come in so for text expander if you need to do more than just expand out some words from abbreviations that's where you need text expander and uh and dave one uh one of the things you just said is you're you have like or at least i'm inferring from what you said you have a lot of forms you fill out online yeah and the they're, and they're probably very have standardized and, t- and tickets, you know, that I'm, I'm logging you know, information I have to put in all the time, the same exact thing all the time, not one single word. It's a sentence or a short sentence. Sure. And, and it could be like, uh, like it's a ticket. And so you have to put a piece of information, jump to the next field and then put in whatever goes there. And it just goes down right. the line and maybe it's like five fields. Yep. So in that case, you set up a snippet that, let you fill in all the information that the form's going to need. And then when, when, uh, so when you call the snippet up, it gives you a window, you fill in everything. Maybe it has some pop-ups or whatever. And then when you, when you click the button, it automatically puts all the right information in the right fields for you. And that, that's something that I do um, multiple times a week, because what say when I'm doing a webinar, moderate moderating a webinar, the interface that I log into, it's the same information every time, no password included. Because never put a password to yeah. autofill. And don't know. That's what one password's for. Right. Um, but for me, it's it's a thing where that I'm already a known entity for for the webinar. So when I go to log in through the special interface, it's the same information every time. And I have that set up as a snippet. And uh, so I just click in the first field of the form, 
type my my little snippet, and then it automatically fills in the correct information in every field for me, and um, and then it's done. And I even have it uh, hit return for me at the end, so it it fills everything in and then just takes me right into the webinar. So I'm not I'm not even clicking anything extra to submit. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. So again, another sounds like another topic we're going to have to spend a lot more time on um, because there's, there's just so much the text expander can do. Like you said, snippets are the the most powerful thing of text expander, being able to just do all kinds of different little things that just automate and make your life easier. Uh, but if I putting... give you another quick one, because yeah, you're please. a podcaster, so you're probably doing uh, some form of standardization for your file names for your shows. Yep. Yep. Set up a snippet that has whatever that standard format is, and uh, and like for me when I when I create files from a podcast, it, it's like the show name with the date in it. So set up a snippet that has the show name, and then use the calendar feature and have it create the date for you. So it so it automatically creates the correct file name for you every single time. Yeah, that that's another awesome way to, to automate things. There's so much others. I mean, not just not everybody's a podcaster that's listening, but uh, it's, it's, it just seems very powerful enough that it does give a lot of benefit uh, for you uh, for automation and, and can making things easier uh, for, for way it works. Brittany, do you, do you, you don't, you're, you're a short guards girl. So I don't know if you do too much of the text expander, right? Um, so I use keyboard maestro. So I actually, okay, that's right. I actually have a very, very old version of shortcuts on, or I mean, of text expander on my phone. So technically I use it on my phone. Um, cause it still works. Um, somehow magically. Uh, and on my computer, I use, um, the built-in, I use the built-in on both, but I, there's just a couple of things that, you know, were like Jeff said, too complex for it. Uh, mostly just date stuff that is too complex for, for the normal. And I, I just use the native one. And then for the more complex stuff, I use keyboard maestro. Okay. You can do a lot of cool stuff with keyboard maestro. So like, you, you know, posting YouTube videos or whatever, like I'll have the, the text, um, like pro programmed variable text put in for that. So, sure. um, so that's, that I like the variable way better. Like it just works with my brain a little bit better than remembering keyboard combinations. Sure. And Ben, do you use text expander doll? Um, I don't. Um, honestly, I basically use a, uh, Mac version of the windows posted notes. app. Ah, okay. Okay. Like I said, everybody has their own workflows. That that's okay. That I mean, but uh, whatever works for you. That's yeah, the right system. system. That's the right system. It was something you. an old employer taught me, and I just haven't moved past it. That's okay. No, that that's a good thing. So, I will have some links in the show notes, uh, just uh, getting started and features, uh, and uh, and and talking a little bit about the iPhone and i iPad. You can use uh, some snippets in there as well. Uh, like Brittany mentioned, that she has a really old version of the iOS app. Yeah, I believe uh, text expander stopped supporting an I ios app uh it's not in the app store oh anymore, it's not so. officially supported it just works yeah you had said an older version and yeah uh but mm -hmm. they did stop yeah, i they blame did stop apple for that it. yeah they did stop uh, supporting that so 
Um, last topic I wanted to hit this uh, the, this week was again I, I built up to when we talked about the event that's coming up is the USB C connector that uh, that should be it is going to be uh, we think uh, I'm pretty confident that's going to be in the iPhone long overdue. But Ben posted something interesting in, on in Facebook, and that caught my eye, and I thought it'd be something to talk about as well as he's going to be writing a, 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 an article on this in, on his uh, blog post. So, uh, mm-hmm. why don't you just tell us a little bit about what what your what your thoughts were about the USB connector, and it really should have been a done uh, introducing the iPhone sooner than it is going to be now. Yeah. So, um, I was thinking about this last night. Um, it came through with a couple things. Number one, I was kind of checking about how long Apple has been using that connector, and it's eight years now. Also, why some products have transitioned to USB-C, um, like my mom has a USB-C iPad, a uh, a Lightning iPhone. And they look similar enough and work similar enough where uh, she, the average user, is confused as hell as to why they won't work. <laughs> so this kind of got me thinking. I mean, personally, in my view, USB Type-C was designed to replace all ports, including Lightning, which mm-hmm. it got a lot of its inspiration from. Um, and I'm thinking about when it should have been introduced and honestly, it should have came into play with the iPhone 10. Um, you know, it, it, we had kind of a weird system where it's like the Mac and the iPhone were in two completely different worlds with technology that overlapped, did the same thing. And honestly, just required the user to have a whole lot of cables. I mean, the whole thing about having a uh, USB-C with a set feature with a, you know, very uh, set set of features. Yeah, that's Thunderbolt. It's Apple has made USB charging cables since literally 19 or 19 2015 uh it just i mean to be perfectly honest it some i mean lightning was a great technology and still is but it just kind of confounds me it's been around as long as it has yep no i agree with that Hundred percent, and I think it's 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 due. I know it's 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 bittersweet because we've been so using Lightning, but we've we've put up with it. Um, Brandon, do you have any thoughts about the USB C? What 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 do you, do you care? Does does it matter? It's time. But what the mistake, and this has already happened. It's in the past. Was um, it, they dropped support for? Or they dropped uh, sending out charging bricks at the same time they swapped to the other end being USB C. Mm-hmm. Right. And normal people didn't have a USB-C yet. Anything. Right. Um, and so um, that, I think that burned a lot of people. So um, in char- include chargers. 
make sure i mean they won't have the brick i get it but like include a cable make sure mm-hmm. that people feel comfortable utilizing said cable don't make yeah. them too expensive do do the things that make the transition easy but mm-hmm. yes i look forward to having a single plug that in a pinch can add any charge even a small amount to a device yeah, yeah. And, i mean personally when you have a single a single cable that can charge your Mac, your iPad, and an Android phone, but can't charge an iPhone. That's the most unapple thing I've ever heard of. Yep, I'm a, I know Jeff. You have comments and thoughts. About I always this. have comments. Yes. Um. So I. I really like the idea of standardized cabling just because it, it makes it easier. And, and uh, considering the shape of lightning versus USB-C um, we, we have that added confusion. Uh, and Ben, the idea of iPhone 10 getting USB-C on one hand, I'm surprised it didn't happen because that would have been a, a logical time to do it. On the other hand, I'm not surprised at all. I think if Steve jobs had been, here when the iPhone 10 was released, he would have said it doesn't have USB-C because USB-C is a bag of hurt. And, uh, and it is, and it mm-hmm. still is. Um, and, uh, and like right now, how do you know which cable is going to give you the, the best performance for the device that you're plugging it into? And the answer is well, you don't there there's, there's no system for looking at a USB-C cable and and knowing this one's going to give me the charge that I want. This one carries data, but this one doesn't. And uh, and th- why is my iPhone charging so slow? Now, granted, a little bit of charge is better than none at all. Uh, but if you're expecting your iPhone to charge at a certain rate and it doesn't, most people are going to look at the iPhone and then Apple and say, what a piece of crap. They're not going to look at the cable that they bought at, uh, at the, uh, the, at, at a grocery store checkout stand for $5 and, uh, and think, well, maybe it's the cable that I used. So the, what I see happening is that we're going to have this very confusing thing where people just accept that that the standardized cable world that they that they got into is disappointing and uh, and that just sucks because it shouldn't have to be that way and what i'm expecting is that when USB-C comes to the iphone and i get a new iphone then i'm going to spend a stupid amount of money a stupid amount of money to buy two cables so that I have two cables that do everything, which means that I'm spending what 120, 150 bucks per cable. Cause isn't that what they cost for the, for, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's insane. So I'll, I'll buy two because even though I should have more, I won't be able to stomach spending any more money on the cables in that. So I want this to be so awesome and I want this to be so great. And there's been way too much committee in USB-C and we as consumers are going to pay for it. But you're right, um, Ben, if Apple was going to do it, they should have done it a long time ago. Yeah. I will give one re- rebuttal to that. It's a lot more confusing for the geeks than it is for the standard user. 
standard user doesn't care if the, the cables charge right. only USB uh, uh, USB C or, or right. not USB C USB 2.0 Gen 1, Gen 2, Thunderbolt 3, or Thunderbolt 4, the only thing they use that cable for is charging, which is the only thing they expect it or Lightning to do. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. A lot of people have no idea that they can send data over a Lightning cable. Yeah. 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 And and that's totally fair. Do you want to add something, Britt? No, I was just agreeing. Lots of people won't care. Charging is most of what I do. Every once in a while, I need to do something else. Um, I have ones that have slow data and fine charging, probably a bunch of anchor cables, um, so that it can do do both. But, I mean, the vast majority of what I personally do is charging. Yeah, I think most of us do for these. I can't agree with you more on on this, Jeff, is... There's too much confusion with cables. It really is. And you get a USB-C cable. It's got the same type of connector. Do you know, is it going to charge it or not? I mean, there's plenty of times I've got, I've had, uh, uh, like I have that, this, this sleep headband I have that plugs in and you, you can't use the, those, some of those cables to charge it because it's not designed to charge with that type of cable. It has to be. I, a, I actually a, bought a thing off Kickstarter where as I was buying it, I couldn't hit the the buy button fast enough or the support button fast enough and hard enough. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, this is so stupid that I'm having to do this. And yeah. it's this uh, this thing that tests your USB-C cables. So you plug it in, same cable. It goes, There's a connector on either side of this board. You plug it in, and then it lights up so you can see uh, where if it's doing data and uh, and power. So you can figure out by plugging this in at least what the cable is capable of, even though you may might not be able to tell what its maximum throughput speed is. At least you know if it'll do data or if it'll, or if it'll do power or both. So yeah, that's the thing I had to buy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With uh, with that, let's uh, go ahead and wrap up. But before we wrap up, I wanted to mention Mac Stock uh, again. The virtual pass is ready. All the show, all of the speakers now can be seen. I watched my uh, mind back again. I was like, God, I did that. Uh, but uh, no, I, it was it was really good. And I watched uh, all of all of the uh, of you that have been are here because Brittany Smith was there was there as well as Jeff Jeff Gamut. Myself, Chuck Joyner, uh, Allison Sheridan, Dave Hamilton. There was just so many great speakers, and this is a the best time ever now to sign up and uh, 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 go to the site and uh, purchase a digital pass. It's not that expensive, and there's so many great uh, speakers you can see for this year and support uh, support MacStock. And you know we're going to have some great times next year when it when it comes out uh, uh, in 2024. So. Uh, please uh, check out the site. I, we have links in the show notes here uh, that uh, tell you how to uh, sign up and uh, check it out. Uh, we're we're definitely uh, excited about it, and I want to, everybody to be able to watch it. So uh, please uh, support support us and all the great work we did uh, at MacStack this this uh, this year. And uh, and Brittany's giving her thumbs up, and and I think we're we all are. So it was it was an absolutely great event. So please uh, support that. It's MacStockConference and Expo.com. 
And uh, just the links are there in show notes. You don't even have to think about it. Just go there to our show notes and uh, please check it out. Uh, again, thanks to everybody that was in the chat room here tonight uh, on um, uh, on youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Uh, I'm really super happy to see some folks in there that uh, was uh, great to see here. So but let's uh, go ahead and uh, wrap up the show for this week. And that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at in touch with iOS.com. You can follow the show. Uh, you can uh, you can follow us on Mastodon, which is at in touch with iOS. At uh, uh, just go into that Mastodon, you'll find that as well as on uh, X. Uh, is uh, other thing you should do is buy me a coffee. You can buy me a coffee at in touch with slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash in touch with iOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming on YouTube, which is usually on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. On our YouTube channel again, it's youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. You can watch the live stream. We leave the live stream up. You can watch it again if you want. And uh, we also have all of the, the, the shows in audio format on YouTube, so please check that out. You can also visit... Uh, in touch with iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we talk about are that we discuss are flipped into that magazine. Our link, the link is in our show notes. To subscribe to the show, you can go to your favorite podcatcher, which includes Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at intouchwithios.com, where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg. You can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65, as well as on X. Dave G65 and uh, Brittany Smith thank you so much it was so great to have you back on the show where can people find you you can find most of my you know boring professional stuff at conquer.consulting um, I, I have dared to go into Mastodon on occasion where I'm ADD Liberator um, and ADD Liberator is also where you can find me on YouTube and TikTok great that's great videos over there go, go check her YouTube channel out and uh Ben Rathick, thanks you for being here. Always really appreciate it. We'll look forward to your, your blog article on that uh, topic of USB-C soon. Uh, but uh, where can we find you? Well, uh, on your social media choice, and there's a ton of them these days. You can find me at Ben Rathick on all of them. Uh, there is a benefit to being the only person with your name on the planet. Uh, you can find uh, my all my current articles and uh, the USB-C one just as soon as it's finished at Wraithig.tech on Tuesday nights. You can find me uh, on Mac Voices with uh, Chuck Joyner. He is currently in the chat room. On Thursday afternoons and Friday mornings, you can find me with Mr. Jeff Gamut. He's on the call on the Big End Mac shows for the British Tech Network. And of course, you can find me as a regular contributor here on In Touch with iOS. All right, great. And last but certainly not least, Jeff Gamut, thank you as always for being here. I really appreciate it. And where can people find you? Well, first off, it's always great to get to be here. And, uh, and, and I know that I say it a lot, but it's true. I genuinely have an awesome time and look forward to getting to do this. So thank you. Uh, um, all right. So social media, I'm Jay Gamut on all the platforms, Mastodon, Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And then shows 
well, uh, everything Ben said. Uh, Tuesday, Smack Voices Live. Uh, with Chuck Joyner here on Thursdays because you keep letting me come back for In Touch with iOS. Then, uh, and then I'm your interim host on the big show and the Mac show on British Tech Networks. That's Thursdays and Fridays. And then Brian Chaffin and I record the Context Machine. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. And we appreciate you for listening and watching. We re- uh, re- really enjoy the show and it's so much fun to do it. And uh, until next time, we'll talk again soon.